0: Welcome in to the Retirement Pathfinder. I'm Ben George alongside Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. They are retirement income planning specialists. You'll find them online at PathfinderWealth.com, serving the Rockford area. And uh, today, y'all are going to play the role of doctors. Are you prepared? <laughs>
1: we're we're always prepared, Doctor Phil and Doctor Barb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, what I mean by that is we're going to run through some maybe some some symptoms some clients might have when they come into the office relating to their finances, of course. And we'll see what kind of prescriptions Barbara and Phil can can uh, spin up for us on the day's show and kind of work you through those those issues or common issues I think that you might experience yourself or have or will at some point. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of take this new spin on it. But of course, before we even get started today, it's time to check in on the farm <laughs> Phil, we talked about your corn uh, recently, having some tr- trouble this year. Have you turned the corner yet? Well, yeah, we
2: have been. We finally solved the mystery of the stunted corn.
1: I didn't even know you solved it. <laughs> yes,
2: we did. Yes, we did. And uh, just to kind of refresh our, our clients, uh, our listeners' memories here, uh, what had happened, we had planted corn at the same time uh, from the same corn planter uh, earlier in the summer. And about half the corn came up, the other half didn't. And when the other half that was slow came up, it was only like six inches when the, the first part of it was, uh, was probably four or five feet tall. So we could not understand why there was a difference in the growth speed or the growth rate of this corn. And uh, of course, we put the information out to all of our listeners and we had some folks uh, give me some ideas of what it might happen uh, to cause that. And some said that, well, it might be a matter of not having adequate fertilizer in certain parts of the, the food plots. And that was a possibility. The other thing we looked at is that, well, this corn was given to us by some of the major seed companies as a donation to Pheasants Forever, which is the organization we belong to, and we planted, and it might be just substandard corn. So maybe part of it was good, part of it wasn't. Well, we found out after talking to my, my buddy who did the planting, he came over and t- took a look at it, that he, he had forgotten that he had corn already in, in, the, in the seed box, in the planter, yeah. That was from a different company. It was a different brand altogether. And that was what caused the difference in the growth rate. And so the mystery of the stunted corn was solved. Uh, fortunately, the the slow growing corn came up, it's just as high as the, the other corn. So huh. our, uh, our little Critters in the field will not starve this winter. We're happy to say.
1: Oh no, no mystery yeah. at all. Well, that was that was an easy fix then.
2: It was
0: <laughs> very good. We always appreciate the updates from the farm, and we'll we'll have another one. I'm sure. There's always something happening, something new. It's never a dull day out on the farm for Phil. Absolutely. All right. So as we get started, I'll remind you too. We put everything up on PathfinderWealth.com. So if you have missed a few episodes in the past, please go back and, and check those out. I think you'll. Really get a lot of value over a lot of the things we've talked about. A lot of them are evergreen, so anything that we've discussed in the past is still applied to today as we go through this. So again, pathfinderwealth.com. All right, it is time to see what the doctor orders. The financial doctor ordered Barbara and Phil will play the role today on the show. And again, we're going to go through some some symptoms, some financial symptoms that you might have with your portfolio, and figure out what prescriptions might await you and what you might need. So the first symptom I have for you, say a patient comes in, a client who's a, a little bit dizzy, maybe has some dizziness uh, because they've been following the up and down of the of the stock market. That volatility has created the dizziness for them. What do you prescribe for that?
1: All right. Well, Dr. Barb Lane says this.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: stock market investments carry some or or a lot of risk. Although it may be tempting to cash in during periods of high volatility, don't do it. Investing, you have to remember, is for the long term. The market moves every day with about a third of shares being traded. And when there are more sellers than buyers, it moves the stock prices lower. The more people who panic and sell out, the more who fear that they should, and they do also. But then you have to be right on the other side of the equation. Mm -hmm. That's when to get back in. And you'll always be wrong by days, months, weeks, or even years. I saw some people that cashed out in 2009, Phil, after 2008 drop, and they were still on the sideline in cash years later. Uh, Phil and I, just as a side note, have actually done a podcast in the past where we talk about the best days each year, because there are a, a handful of days each year that it's important to be in the stock market for the best return. So not everything drops in value during a stock market drop. Last year during COVID, the stock market dropped significantly, but not all companies dropped in value. Five tech companies, including Apple, had record earnings. Apple had its most profitable quarter ever in the history of its business in December of 2020. That's amazing since they started the company in 1977. But they uh, also they, they had a, a stock market record last year. I don't know if you knew this from uh, Apple. It took from 1977 to 2018 for Apple to reach its $1 trillion in value, 41 years. It took two years from December 2018 to 2020 to reach its second trillion dollars. It's the first company to be valued at $2 trillion in the stock market. Wow. Well, most investors, I'm sure in some mutual funds, if not uh, by by itself, would have likely owned some Apple stock. Mm -hmm. So if you panic and sell out, you don't get that return back when you start over. I had one client that got out of the stock market last year, and I'm sure he's regretting it. In a diversified, moderate investment portfolio here, from March of 2020 through March of 2021, this year, year over year, it had a 34% return.
2: And he got out early. And he got, he, got, he panicked. He panicked, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So he
1: missed all that. So when you're feeling dizzy from volatility, sit down, turn off the news, limit your access. That's what we tell our clients. Limit your access to everyday stock market news.
2: Yeah. And and, and please don't try to jump out the basement window when, when you get panicked, okay? Give us a call. <laughs> True, too you know, everybody does get a little bit panicky at times, Uh, financial dizziness, you know, so we all have a kind of an insatiable desire to know what happens next in our life, Barb, don't we? Yep. Yeah, this is true in every area.
1: It's got to be better.
2: It's got, you know, we have to understand, you know, uh, you know, whether it's uh, financial or healthcare or relationships, we want to know, we want to know, inquiring minds need to know. And so, watching financial news uh, is one of the worst things to cause dizziness out there because of the volatility we see. Markets are up one day. In fact, it's kind of interesting this last uh, month or so. You know, when the Nasdaq was up, the uh, Dow was down, and vice versa every day. Yep. One was the opposite of the other. Who can explain it? Who knows? But it does cause you know financial dizziness. Watching financial markets like that not only make you dizzy but you're getting all this conflicting information and messages, and they could be completely wrong in their conclusions. That's the thing we have to understand. After all, bad news is what sells. Bad news is what sells. Shock value is what it's all about. They're looking uh, for the next uh, tragedy, the next uh, crash, airplane crash, so to speak. So watching financial news is not only not helpful, but it's actually dangerous to your financial health we don't recommend it. We recommend people stay away from it because you can't get a long-term perspective on what's happening short-term.
1: Well, you know, if you listen to some of these people, they're talking about the uh, market dropping now. Market's going to drop significantly. You know. Oh yeah, so, that's a
2: prediction, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can I can help you with putting all of your money into a gold IRA and you know. So there's all, all kinds of things out there, but you have to limit your access to that and, re- and remember what you why you created a uh, an investment long-term plan to begin with.
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: no question. You know that, that that little stat you had about Apple. You know they always say that the second trillion is the the easiest one to earn, right? So it's the first one that's the most <laughs> difficult. I <right>? guess. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's amazing. We would, amazing, have, we would never know. <laughs> um, yeah, that is it is really amazing indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so here's another symptom for you. I, I'm sure you, you do a lot of people that maybe have some paralysis in their financial decision making process because they just have too many investment options to choose from.
2: Yeah, you would think, Ben, that in this sophisticated, informed, enlightened world of information technology, where anything you wish to know is just a few keystrokes away, that investment options would be easy as well. But nothing could be further from the truth as far as that's concerned. You know, I just Googled the word investments, and it's amazing what came up. 1,650,000,000 responses. One billion. One billion 1,650,000,000 wow. I remember it was like 350,000 at one time. Now it's, it's that much. So so one of the last things you want to do is to seek information about investing on the internet Yeah. because where do you go? Uh, the medical condition it leads to is what we call analysis paralysis. I also throw in an additional uh, condition known as market paranoia <laughs> or maybe the feelings of inadequacy and deep regret because <laughs> you didn't do this and you didn't mm-hmm. do that. So there's a lot of remorse there about not getting in at the right time, not getting out at the right time, so forth and so on. You know, really, it's the old question or issue of, of of greed or fear. You know, depending on what what you're looking at. So, more options don't necessarily result in better choices and and more successful investing. In fact, there are so many conflicting opinions out there about investing that the average investor will consistently underperform. They'll underperform even just a simple index like the S and P 500 bar.
1: From yeah. Delbar, Delbar, research. The Delbar
2: study, yep. Yeah. The research firm that studies investor behavior shows us that uh, the average investor out there underperforms by more than 50% in some cases. And uh, the reason for it is because they're jumping in and out, jumping in and out. They're mm-hmm. following trends and so forth. So instead of trying to sort through uh, the over 10,000 mutual funds, as an example, and those choices, why not work with an expert, somebody who's seasoned in the business? Now, how do you find these people? Well... I've got a little list of, of the kind of things you're looking for in an advisor. And, uh, and this, is, this is what we prescribe to in Pathfinder as well. But number one, someone who holds themselves out as a fiduciary. In other words, they place your interest first before themselves as the advisor or even their firm. So when you talk to somebody, you need to ask them to explain what, in a, what a fiduciary is, whether they are one and how that works. Number two, find someone who is fee-based or fee-only uh, they don't make commissions by buying or selling trades in your account, in other words. Uh, number three, are they willing to disclose all the fees, even the ones that are buried inside the investments? And uh, recently, I was talking to a friend of mine who said, well, his his particular uh, custodian was only charging $5 a month for management. And I said, no, that's not exactly so. right, because I had the information about that particular holding he had, and I showed it to him, and he went back and he found out, yeah, they forgot to disclose uh, the underlying buried, uh, fees that were related. Number four, believe in the philosophy that markets are efficient. In other words, you can't outperform them, not on a consistent basis, and therefore use index funds rather than managed funds. Number five, steer away from gambling and speculating with your money by discouraging stock picking market timing and track record investing. You know, you and I are not day traders, but I'll guarantee you, if you're in a managed mutual fund out there your managed mutual fund manager is a day trader. They're trading in and out constantly sure. to try to find a better return. And that is really gambling and speculating in our opinion. Number six, do they subscribe to evidence-based investing? In other words, do they go to the academic institutions in this country, the business schools like the University of Chicago, the Booth Business School, and get up-to-date information and research that is independent and uh, there's no conflict of interest there versus the Wall Street firms. And then lastly, number seven, Avoid placing your confidence in big name, well-known companies. They're not necessarily always working in your best interest.
1: Well, we've seen that over the last five years with uh, companies that have folded. Oh, yes. A lot of of empty real estate with them around here. But, you know, and that's a good list, Bill. We, uh, I would say too, we don't help our clients with too many investment choices. You know, once they agree with our investment philosophy, then we go to work on on the type of investment or investments that's going to help them reach their goals. You know, typically, that's income for life. Mm-hmm. Then we co-design a plan with them, with our, you know, input of course. And then we have to take into account their investment choices of the past and likely reducing their current risk because most people have too much risk right before they retire. But since we don't believe in individual stocks, our portfolios are pre-designed for maximizing return mm-hmm. and limiting risk. And then we're helping them with choosing one of those. That will supply the most important need in retirement, which is income. It's not really about the investment choices. That's secondary. Income is first.
2: Absolutely it is. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting, you know, people always ask me what kind of returns do you get, you know, for as if they're trying to vet us on based on our returns. And I say that's not the most important question. The most important question is how much income will you need in retirement?
1: Yeah, that's going to get you through up and down markets as you're needing it.
2: Yep, no question.
0: What other uh Symptom that we see, and, and hopefully you don't have high blood pressure. But when it comes to your finances, high blood pressure can be created because maybe some past decisions you made, or you know, based on some bad advice you got. And you know, we are, we're all going to probably get bad advice from time to time. But we can't let that anger overcome us, right?
1: You're right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I happen to think of a couple instances. Ben, when and, and that word is kind of a tough word, but it's a it's a hard one to overcome if even you can. And I can remember two different people in my 23 years in the business that had received bad advice. And when meeting with them, they're basically telling you they don't trust you and they're still angry. And when you, when you said the word anger, I wasn't able to overcome that with either one of these. And I don't think anyone would. It's, it's a trust issue. When they sit across the table from you with their arms folded and they're not, uh, there's no questions asked, not agreeing with anything you're, you're saying, or they're going to challenge you. It's, uh, I don't know that anyone would have success if someone is still going to be mad about previous advice that they've got. Now, on the other hand, if they come in and they didn't like their financial advisor and feel that they didn't receive the best advice or they never hear from them and they understand that, you know, what's past is in the past and they're really looking for some help, then I would say that we've probably helped quite a few people like that, Phil, over the years. You know, they just just want some more help. Mm -hmm. But we like to work with people where we feel the relationship moving forward and many years to come will be good. And then we proceed. But if the person or persons are negative and they want to challenge your decisions or you sense a couple that isn't on the same financial decision making path, then it's best to not accept them as a client.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of times, Barb, we have to take and put on different hats, you know, uh, and <laughs> you have to take on, of course, the hat of the investment advisor. You have to, you know, be the tax kind of uh, uh, advocate. Um, you We're know, the doctors. W- we are. We're, you know, <laughs> Dr. Barb here. And, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to play sometimes the role of psychologist. (laughs) And so I find out sometimes the only way to to solve the financial high blood pressure problem is to determine what bad financial advice they got to begin with.
1: Losing money.
2: Yeah. How Mm -hmm. they lost the money or what they thought was bad about the advice they they got. Did somebody tell them to get out of the market at the wrong time? Did they buy an investment they didn't understand? And that's a lot of what it is, quite frankly, is buying things they don't understand. Uh, It's based on trust, of course. Uh, Some of the results can follow these people literally in a lifetime if they make some bad uh, investment choices here. And and I tell folks, look, remember, you just can't go out there back into the workforce to make up the money that you would lose because you made a bad decision, the money that you gained and it took you an entire lifetime to work for. You can't go back out there in the workforce and, and recoup that again. It won't happen. Right. So our R X or prescription is to deal only with people who can explain their, their methods and their results in, in an understandable way. That's the place you got to start. People have to feel comfortable with you as well as us feeling comfortable with them. As Barb says, you know, if, if they have a preconceived notion that, um, you know, you're here to cheat us and we're just going to try to figure out how you're going to do it. Uh, it's probably not going to be a very good chemistry to work with, with that particular person.
1: Yeah. And then that's as far as fa- a bad financial advice, but you know, Phil, I've also seen clients coming in to uh, the office that have made bad financial decisions on their own. Oh yes. And yep. I can think of one that's irreversible. So then, mm. so they, you're not always making the best decisions. Oh, we've got horror
2: stories. Yep. There's <laughs> horror stories out there. Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Well, we got one more symptom I want to run by you. Before we close out this episode of the Retirement Pathfinder, and it's, um, yeah, I'm sure you probably hear this quite a bit somebody losing sleep because he or she is retiring soon and just worries about not having enough money. This is
2: the biggest fear, right? Losing sleep can be a common symptom of worry, anxiety, and fear for investors. Right. Of course, you know, the financial doctor would never just give or prescribe a remedy without first determining what was or what is the root cause of that investor angst. So, uh, it may or may not be enough money. Worries over enough money to retire on. There might be some other matters there, but we have to get to the root of it. So, when a prospective client comes in to talk to us, Ben, we insist upon initiating a financial fitness examination. How about that, Doctor Barb? There we <laughs> financial <go>. fitness <laughs> <Yeah>. examination. <laughs> of course, we we call it something else here, but you know we're using the, the medical terms. But during this examination or study, we determine things such as how much income will they need in retirement what's required in retirement for their income well, a lot of times they don't think about this and they have a lot of surprises when when they do uh retire uh whether a portfolio uh, is adequate to provide that income that's needed uh, how long will the income last in that particular uh from that portfolio even during the down cycles in the economy so we want to you know best case worst case scenario here uh any opportunities for additional tax savings or even tax-free income in retirement we've seen that barb which that. is good yeah we also cover uh, the expenses related to both anticipated and unanticipated medical costs during post retirement years. And that's a surprise. Uh, They came up with a study recently that showed
1: quarter million dollars or so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was like 250,000 for a couple age 65 and older for medical costs outside of uh, their normal uh, premiums. But then there's also the other Uh, question with regard to medical costs that triggers the ostrich response. That's the head in the soil. And that is the dreaded nursing home expense cost. Well, I'm not going to a nursing home. You know, I'm going to move in with my kids or whatever. Of course, uh, everybody is in denial about that or a lot of people are. And, um, you know, none of us really consider the cost of that or very few people do. But you know what, just in case you're part of the 50%, and that's the number, 50% of people past age 65 that end up in a nursing home, need to find out what those costs are and plan for it wisely in advance. Mm-hmm. So the other area is estate planning. Probably want to be uh, very aware of that. And we're going to have those attorneys come in in a couple of weeks to talk about estate planning and, and why you need your, your financial or your estate planning house in order. But it's, it's not the least important. It's probably the cornerstone of everything we do here at Pathfinder. And it's part of our financial fitness exam. Now, the idea is who will, handle your decisions in the event that you become disabled or who would take care of your stuff. That's a technical term, stuff, right? (laughs) In the event of of your death. So our financial doctor now has all the data available, works it up, passes it along to the client. And that client now has to make some decisions about uh, all these, uh, these areas. Uh, They have the relevant data, recommended solutions and it's up to them to make that, that decision. It's going to be a financial saving. It's going to save their financial uh, world. So the question is, uh do you, our listeners, have a financial fitness examination? Have you had one done recently uh, to determine, you know, if you're prepared for retirement or if you're in retirement, you know, how long will those finances last that you have? So we encourage you to give us a call at 815-399-9806 or reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com.
1: Yeah, you know, the only thing I was going to add to that is I see people that have $4 million, $5 million in a simple lifestyle where that amount of money they're never going to spend because right. they're, they're never going to outlive it. And they're afraid they won't have enough.
2: That's interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that's a behavior issue. That's a, how's money looked at when you were young issue. But then there are those that spend as if they're dying. Right. And right Phil. in five yeah. years or then they, so they're going to take out more than, you know, the plan is calling for, and they have a tendency to overspend. But the good news is what Phil said, we're having a plan. Uh, having a plan for income for the rest of your life, if you've saved enough money, when the numbers are crunched and inflation is taken into account, as well as taxes and your risk and return, then you'll know if you have enough money. If you have enough money, uh, then you should be having peace of mind once you have a plan in place. And and I think that's what gives our clients a peace of mind is when they have an actual plan. But if you haven't saved enough, wouldn't you want to know that so that you could make some adjustments?
0: Yep, that's the key. So if you haven't gotten that financial physical checkup, uh, I do encourage you to do so you can find Barbara and Phil online at pathfinderwealth.com. Or you can also call them directly 815-399-9806. And, and you touched on it briefly Phil, but I want to remind everyone and Barbara, feel free to speak on this a little bit more. But we have a guest speaker coming up uh, on our next episode. It should be a lot of fun.
1: Yes. uh, Yes. Guest speaker is going to be a local attorney's office, estate planning attorney that we use regularly for our clients' estate plans. And they're going to discuss a couple of things. And one is uh, having a basic estate plan, whether that's a will or a trust or something else. And very importantly, how the new non-spousal beneficiary uh, changes are going to affect your IRA when you pass. They have since eliminated the stretch IRA, where it allowed your children to uh, stretch out that tax burden over their life expectancy has now been reduced to a 10 year payout. So that's very important. If you have sizable IRAs, you're going to want to stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, I should say tune in. September 23rd's podcast.
0: Absolutely. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all the major platforms. You'll find the show there and then you won't miss our next conversation. Should be a lot of great information in there for everyone to to get some benefits from. So Barbara and Phil, thanks for the time today and appreciate you playing the role of our financial doctor.
1: (laughs) Oh, sure. Anytime, Ben.